everybody. This is Travis Knight. I am the Associate Artistic Director and a member of the Ensemble at A Red Orchid Theater in Chicago. Before we get to this episode of Talking Tech Revolution, I wanted to give a shout out and a thank you to our Revolution Development Sponsor, John Sapira, our Production Sponsors, Barbara and Randy Thomas, and our Beverage Sponsor, Revolution Brewing. Also, thanks for the use of our theme song, I Already Do, by A Red Orchid ensemble member, Steve Haggard, who is currently starring as Harry Potter on Broadway. So, Wingardium Liviosa to him. This episode of Talking Tech Revolution is a conversation with sound designer and composer, Eric Backus. Eric is a Jeff Award-winning sound designer, and a composer who has worked off-Broadway, regionally, and in Chicago theaters like Goodman, Steppenwolf, The Gift, and many others. It was my absolute pleasure to work with him on Revolution, and I hope you enjoy our little chat. Thanks so much. Like, why don't we do that? <laughs> Smack in your lips. Hello, Eric. How are you today? I, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm excited to, to chat about about the show and happy to see you after Aww. we've uh haven't really connected in a couple of weeks i know isn't that great like we do this thing where we come together we're in a room with each other like all day every day and then everybody leaves everybody goes away yeah it's strange but yeah. it's nice to see you look yeah. at your face oh okay so tell everybody where you are right now where did you go back to where when you left revolution what are you up to now Currently, right now, I'm in Irvine, California. I just started a master's degree in sound design at uh, the University of California, Irvine. Schedule-wise, because of the way tech and everything worked out, I actually moved out here in August and then ended coming back to Chicago, where I'm also trying to to kind of keep a foot in the door <laughs> with the Chicago theater scene. So um, I came back to Chicago to Tech Revolution, was there through opening and then uh, got on a plane and came back to California. So I'm out here in Southern California for the next nine months or so. And hopefully I'll be back in Chicago next summer to make some theater, see some people, do all that sort of fun stuff. I think that would be great. I would encourage you to do that. Yeah. I My question is, I've told you this before, but like, I remember I looked at your website, like when I was trying to figure out who I wanted on this team for Revolution, I remember looking at your website and listening to a bunch of your music and some of your work. And then I looked at your resume and saw how stacked it was. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if we can, I don't think we can afford Eric. I don't know if, uh, I don't think we can get him out here. <laughs> so with a resume like yours and with the breadth of work that you've had, why are you back at grad school? What what led you back to the world of academia? It's a, it's a couple of different things. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for those kind words. That's <laughs> like very humbling. And, you know, I, I just have to say that I was over the moon when you called because I've been wanting to work with a red orchid for a very long time and was really thrilled with the opportunity to finally collaborate with you so yeah really excited about that but the the decision for grad school actually i've been sort of on the fence about returning to school for the last three years so i think it took me as long of a time to make the decision as it will to actually get the the degree and COVID had something to do with that but 
This program in particular was really exciting to me because we're out here, Southern California, there's a lot of theme parks and themed entertainment. So there's an opportunity to sort of investigate that industry as well as film. Although this is decidedly a theater degree and a theater program, there there are some sort of like avenues into film, video games, that sort of thing. So uh, in that aspect, I was really excited about kind of exploring a few other industries as they relate to sound and and music composition. I also do have a pretty strong interest in teaching. So going back to to get the official letters and to be able to teach at a collegiate level someday is, is a goal of mine. And, you know, sunshine doesn't hurt. Although I, I will say I even just being out here for three weeks, I really am starting to miss Chicago. Well, Chicago misses you, Eric, but I'm glad you got that sunshine. Um, all right. So talk to me about revolution like when you first read the script what were some of your first impressions so i every every time i somebody sends me a script i i have the like 30 page test which is you know i will decide or i i try to think about whether or not i will say yes to the project if i am engrossed by the first 30 pages and you know usually that's enough to sort of say okay i'm going to read the first 30 pages, schedule a meeting with the director, see what happens next, that sort of thing. And I I think I like opened up the script and before I knew it, I was like almost to the end. <laughs> like I could not put the script down. It was just so, which, which is all of course to say, yes, obviously I, 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 <laughs> I said yes to the project, but it was just so entertaining and funny and joyful and delightful to read. And yeah, my initial sort of impression on the story was wow there's just so much joy and humanity in in these characters and in in this really sort of simple story i mean you could say it's a show where not much happens but the internal workings the relationship that we see grow even over the course of an evening it's it's just really heartening yeah, I agree. I like that was one of my initial thoughts too. I was like, this is like a sitting and talking play, right? It's like three people where nothing really happens. I remember Brett when like the first time we did a read through of it, like a year and a half ago, that was his biggest question. He was like, is this play about anything? And, and it was a little like, yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot happening there. It is everything that you said. It's joy. It's people falling in love with each other over the course of an evening and finding that connection with people, which we're all, you know, constantly trying to find. Now, in regard to your like your process, so as a sound designer, like as an actor, I I go through and I follow the arc of the character. As a director, my first time directing, I went and I was like, okay, how do we tell the overall part of this story? And I started to, you know, have stage pictures in my head and think about how do we keep this dynamic, even though it's a sit and talk kind of a play. So as a sound designer, what's your approach into the text? Like what are you thinking about as you read it? The first things that sort of come to mind are what the world of this play sound like. Usually that's can be something like the ambiance, the location that the play is in. Sometimes it's music, particularly if it's a period piece, I might start to think about the music of the period. Not applicable to this play necessarily, but with plays that have transitions, I'll think about how we sort of move from scene to scene or location to location. Although this play does sort of have some sort of interstitial moments where we kind of transform transition from one state to another. Yeah, I I'm 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 sort of thinking like sonically what is the environment that we're in? What story do I want the audience to feel and you know how I can sort of flesh out this world that we've created on stage. And you did that. 
you did that thing. It was cool. It was cool to watch. So when you've got somebody like me who is a directing noob and I'm like, okay, so this moment, so for instance, like into my eyes or girl dinner. And I say things to you like, I think it's kind of ethereal and it's it's cosmic, and but it's also got joy and it should make it should fill you with joy and it should make you put a smile on your face. And there's kind of like it's almost a little celestial, but it's not synth. And I say things to you like that. As I say that out loud now, I'm like, does any of that make sense? But When you hear that, when you receive that information, like how do you work through that? And how does that, how do you make that make sense? That's a great question. I I feel like I have a terrible answer because I mean, hearing you say all those words, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I kind of, I kind of know what that means. I mean, celestial means celestial, right? Uh, but it is it is a process, I think, in that sense of especially with I mean, with any new designer director relationship, kind of learning the other person's language. And I guess that's not really limited to designers, any two collaborators, really, that you're working with a new person for the first time. So much of that is sort of learning the other person's language, learning how to translate notes. And, you know, there's certainly a process of, oh, I think that means this thing. Let me try a thing and and have you respond to it and and see what you think of it. For this play in particular, I think I well at least I felt like I had a, a, a sort of decent sense of the world. You know, we sort of talked about in some design meetings this underlying layer of magic that's always kind of present in the world that's kind of building up. So I'll say the way that magic sort of manifests in the play via this storm that's kind of rolling in through the distance. And then we knew that we really wanted to have this sort of big theatrical moment with Into My Eyes. So I sort of had a sense that, you know, there was a bigger sort of magical, more theatrical world that we were building towards. When I was talking to Dato about this process, uh, when we were in tech, Dato, it was our artistic producer, ensemble member at Red Orchid as well. She talked about like doing magic on stage is hard. It's a hard ask. It's a hard thing. Um, You have to have so many things firing on all cylinders and correctly to earn the ability to do magic on stage. And I think the sound in this show in particular is what helps transport. So like when I'm thinking about girl dinner in particular, like even in rehearsal, watching this moment with the three of them eating the food, the the spoils of Linden liquors, it was a little weird in silence. And then there was a day where I was like, I'm just going to pick a song. I, I literally think I, I I put in like celestial music in Spotify <laughs> and I picked like the first thing that popped up. And it was wild what sound can do to transport you, or it can be like the final, like the biggest missing puzzle piece in a moment can be sound. And I think think you really helped us sell the magic in this play. Because I also got to say, it was dope for those of you at home who are listening. There were some times in tech where I would give Eric these random adjectives and feelings and emotions. And then he would put his headphones on and take out what was that? A, what is it? It looked like I always call it a keytar, but it's not a keytar. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Oh wow, I I got to get a keytar. That would be. I don't know if that would make me more annoying or or cooler, but no, it'd be super cool, man. Uh, yeah, it was a tiny MIDI uh, piano keyboard. So yeah, I was able to like play music on the keyboard, and the computer read all of that information. So you were composing music in real time during tech uh during parts of it yeah okay talk me talk me through that as somebody who does not write music what is that like what is that about 
Yeah. Well, I think like any other sort of medium as a composer, it, it, it sort of is just the job to take these adjectives to extrapolate to the best of our abilities and generate music based on those adjectives or what we think the feeling uh, and the moment in the piece wants to be. And it's super cool when, you know, I can be in the room with other people. Tech time is kind of crunch time with this. So I don't always love if we have the time to in tech to sort of sit and play with some of these compositions. It's great. But sometimes music composition happens a lot earlier in the process. But to be able to sort of respond to the things that are happening, that the actors are doing staging wise, that lighting is doing, being able to see the set in the space and and kind of have everything coalesce in front of you is really, really special. So that's a huge inspiration for me. And then, you know, you get an adjective like celestial or, or joyful or whatever it is and and you kind of like see the picture and like okay maybe i'm can sort of sonically respond to what's happening and you know from there it's just sort of picking the the sounds that i have in my my head and and finding a sound on the computer that kind of represents that and hitting notes on the keyboard until i find a sequence of some that i like or or a pattern or or something like that that kind of speaks to me or sticks out and then you go back and refine it and 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 rinse and repeat until you have a piece that fits do you have any moments of the play that like stick with you or like you are particularly proud of sound wise or tech wise? Sound and tech wise, I think it, it, it has to be into my eyes. Um, I think that's the biggest sort of tech moment that we have in the show. And it was really fun to work on. I mean, we throughout previews really changed what that was. We really explored different options of how the story of that sequence progressed and how that manifests both with the tech and the staging. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of where that moment landed and the journey that we kind of got to go on exploring all those different things until we sort of landed on what it is now from just a show standpoint there are so many i don't know there are so many fun moments natalie's entrance is always kind of i mean it's the first thing that jumps out is like oh wow this is this is going to be fun this is going to be silly i mean all three actors they're all so great i'd be hard pressed to find an acting moment that is the best because there's just so many there's just so many moments in this show that are great so since the show is all about friendship. I have to give a really quick shout out to Stephanie Shum, who is one of my best friends. Stephanie plays Puff in the show, and listeners might know she's also a Red Orchids director of development. She is a really brilliant, thoughtful theater practitioner and a really, really talented actor. And um, it was just really special to be able to do this show with one of my really closest friends. And so I'm really grateful to her and the opportunity to get to work with her again. Oh, well, I'm glad you all got to come together again, make some theater magic. We love Stephanie Shum. All right. This will be my last question for you. In your ideal world as a sound designer, what would your career trajectory look like? Like what would your day to day be? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I think we're all, a lot of us in the industry are post-COVID especially kind of searching for really anything that will afford us kind of a better work-life balance. And I think a lot of us kind of came out of COVID realizing that we were really underpaid and that the industry in a whole 
not Red Orchid, <laughs> but certainly any number of theaters from a storefront level to Broadway are, are kind of, I think, guilty of taking advantage of artists to a certain extent. And, you know, it's it's a labor of love. And so I think we have a tendency to sort of throw ourselves completely into a project and, and maybe not be aware of the toll that it's taking on us uh, emotionally or physically. And so I would love to find some balance that is you know, a sustainable life where all my bills are paid and I get to make some really cool music and art in the process. You know, having said that, I, I really enjoy Chicago theater. I love being able to do projects like this with a group of people that I love. It's so much fun. It's so artistically rewarding. And, you know, regional theater as well to kind of get out there and, and travel and see different parts of the country, interact with different audiences, learn about the different really diverse geography and culture that is present across the country is, is really cool and rewarding too. So I can't wait to get back to Chicago to do some more do some more shows in Chicago. Excited to get back out on the regional circuit and hopefully there's just enough to pay my bills. <laughs> you know. There you go. That's all we want. Yeah. That's all we want in this business just to pay our bills and make some cool art. That's true. There there it is. There it is. Eric Thank you so much, man. I'm so glad to know you. I'm so appreciative that you came on board and helped make Revolution a really special project to work on. To have you in that room was a gift, and we are so lucky at Red Orchid to have you there. And please come hang out with us again sometime. I would love that. Please, anytime, you name it, I'll be there. Thank you so much. I mean, it was truly a wonderful, joyful experience to work with everyone on this show. And it was just such a blast. And so good to see you and fun to do this. Yeah, man. It's good to see you. Thanks for joining me. 